Hello and welcome to the Life Coaching on the Move podcast. I am Dawn Fisk and each week I will discuss a different life subject that is relevant to each and every one of us. I will include thought-provoking experiences both from my own life and from the hundreds of people I've coached over the years. I'll give you essential tips and strategies that you can use in your everyday lives in order to grow your inner confidence, achieve your goals, feel happier in life, have better relationships and social skills, and a much higher sense of self-esteem and worth. I'll be on your team, coaching and supporting you along the way, reminding you of what works and what to avoid. You can tap into the podcast wherever you are and whenever you feel it would help. And together we will keep you on track, focused, constantly moving forward and improving with much more determination, feeling the way you deserve to feel and generally achieving overall increased happiness in your life. Welcome along. So without any further hesitation, let's move on to this week's subject. So today I'm talking about how to improve your relationships, new relationships, how to make relationships quickly. I don't I don't mean love relationships, I just mean connections with people, how to communicate effectively and even better than you have been so far, how to interact successfully with people, because I believe if we master this technique, It's going to take us wherever we want to go. It will help us with our job searches and successes. It will help us with our interactions at work. If we're in sales, it will help our sales. If we're in a coaching, counselling profession, something like that, a caring profession with people, with customer service, all of those things, if we can master this or improve this further, it will help our careers and our interactions. Um everything really it won't be a disadvantage it can't be so looking how at how you interact with others and working on it is a great skill and a and worthwhile definitely so I'm going to give you a few tips today very practical uh, podcast today um, with lots of takeaways so let's say you're meeting somebody for the first time it might be a customer might be a new colleague, a new boss, you might be interviewing somebody, um, be introduced to somebody at a a drinks party or a dinner party, it might be a new neighbour has moved into the neighbourhood. It's true to say that we make an impression, don't we? And we form an impression and a view on someone very quickly. And that's based, they normally say within about the first 10 to 30 seconds, we uh, make make a decision about someone or form an opinion of them. But what's that based on? And how can we improve that? Well, have you ever had an incident where you're talking to somebody new and you've been talking to them, it's felt like just minutes and actually it's been ages and it's felt brilliant and it's felt really good, really comfortable, really enjoyable two-way mutually um ever had that scenario where it's just felt effortless it just felt so natural and so right most of us have had that and it's good isn't it this is what we're aiming for this is what i'd love for you in pretty much every interaction that you have on the other hand have you ever had an interaction with somebody new wherever uh, and whenever, where it's just felt instantly wrong. You've not 
felt that you've clicked with them. Maybe you've not felt that you've particularly warmed to them. There's something about them, you say, or I just, I don't know, something. It just didn't feel right. Um, and that obviously is the complete opposite of the first example that I asked you to think about. And most of us have had that scenario as well. And, and why? why? What is the difference that causes the difference? What's at the root of those being so polar opposite? What makes a good interaction a good interaction? And what makes another one really awkward and uncomfortable? Well, at the root of that is rapport. It's whether we've built an established rapport. Um, and that is the key to it. Now, if we can quickly and successfully establish rapport with someone, that interaction, that communication and that experience is going to be so much better. It's going to help our effective communication. And if we can build on this as a skill, it's going to enhance our communication skills dramatically anywhere, anyway. Um, so how is it that some people we meet we instantly like, whilst others we can't get away from fast enough? What's the difference? Why can we talk to some people for hours and it seems like minutes and others we talk to for minutes and it feels like torture? <laughs> um, so the answer to those questions is rapport. It's the most important process in any communication. If you're going into a job interview and you want to make a good impression, we've got to aim for building good rapport. If I'm working with a client and I want that coaching session, obviously, to go really well, I need to build good rapport with my client. When I was in sales, which I used to do in my former career, um, I needed to build rapport with my customer to uh, enhance the relationship, the working relationship, and to... Um, get a win-win solution for both of us and obviously I was in sales so the hope was for me that that would be some sales too. Um, so what we've got to do, we've got to aim for that person feeling listened to, for that person to feel understood and heard um, and on an unconscious level, we've got to make that person feel genuinely that we like them and that we're similar to them and that they can relax with us and vice versa. For two people to be in good rapport, that's how it feels like. It feels like something magical has happened, that they're so easy to talk to, that they listen so well and vice versa, they feel that of you. Um, that it's such easy company, it's so relaxed and vice versa from them to you. So this is where true rapport creates an atmosphere of sort of mutual confidence, mutual trust. Um, it's not about being manipulative. It's not about using it as a tactic um, so that we can manipulate and get the result we want. We actually want good rapport so it feels good for both. It actually feels better for you too. It feels more natural. Um, so rapport is the ability, the, the, the actual natural ability for us to enter into someone else's world is to make them feel that we totally understand them and them us if it's in two way rapport. Uh, it's that feeling of having a strong common bond, um, being understood, being heard. It's the ability to go fully from their understanding of the world to our understanding of the world and our understanding of the world they get 
It's mutually understanding each other's. Because we've all got different maps of the world, all of us. We can all see the same thing, but we'll see it very differently. Some of us love the big city. Some of us love being in London, for example. Some of us hate it. They hate the city. They hate the hustle and bustle, the, the pollution, the, 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 the rush, the pace. They prefer the countryside, they prefer the calm, the birdsong, the nature, whereas people in London may loathe the countryside. We've all got different maps of the world, different takes on things, different understandings of things. Um, but the essence of, of successful communication is to get into somebody else's map of the world and to fully understand how they see things. It's not to necessarily agree with them. We can disagree with somebody in a discussion or a debate, but still have that magic of rapport. It, it's not about agreeing with every single thing and uh, it's just understanding it's that mutual understanding um so we need to aim for that for good communication <clears throat> it's our ability to there's a quote your ability to enter into your client's model of the world so that you can give them the feeling of being totally understood that's the quote that we use when we're training to become coaches it's our ability as a coach to enter into our client's model of the world i've got to understand fully how my client sees their world their their issue their struggle or their topic that they're talking about i've got to be able to fully understand that from their point of view not from mine mine might be very very different that doesn't matter for me to get full rapport with them i have to understand it from their point of view i don't have to necessarily agree with it um, or anything like that i just have to totally understand and that comes from a, a feeling of total respect and trust between the two of us um, so also people tend to like people that they see as similar to themselves as well. So this is why, you see this in teenagers, they'll often wear similar clothes. It's almost, um, they often like similar music, similar bands, they wear similar makeup, um, they like to do similar things. And that's how friendships form, because the similarity um, the principle of matching people we're drawn to, you know, we might like somebody who supports the same football team or same rugby team. There's this kind of tribal instinct where you're drawn to somebody that's got that same view. This is why politics, if someone votes for the same party that you do, you feel more uh, closer to them, perhaps, because there's a similarity. Um, but we can endeavour to achieve that without necessarily having to support the same football team or wear the same clothes or have the same interests or vote for the same politics. We can be different to everybody else but still mutually understand each other. Um, so in order to do that, we've got to make similarities or find similarities between the two of us um, that 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 can be the foundation of that relationship. So it doesn't have to be the similar view, political views or religious views or um, football views or anything like that, but it can be other things. Um, so one way of building rapport, especially straight away, immediate rapport, such as when you're going to a job interview or meeting someone, it's first impression, is to do and say and speak and act 
in a similar way to that person. So it's get commonality between those immediate areas. So, for example, if it's a telephone interview or if it's a new client that I've got, um, then I can build and establish rapport very quickly. I don't need to know loads about them or understand their map of the world yet, but just basic um, rapport building skills on finding what's similar, what what we have that can be similar. And the first thing, of course, can be how we communicate. So to build rapport, look at your communication skills, enter that person's world. So my natural speed of tone and pace and pitch in the way I speak might be very, very different to another client. Um, So I may get a client that comes to my office and they're very quiet and they're much slower and they're much, uh, they're a deeper thinker and more logical. So for me to build rapport with that person, I shouldn't go in fast and punchy and bullet points and rush, 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 rush at a loud voice and very fast pace because we will be miscommunicating. There will be no rapport there. So immediately I need to pick up on their energy and their pace and their language. So if they use particular language, I need to use similar language. If they knew, uh, use particular tone, particular speed, I can mimic all of that. Um, so if they use lots of hand actions, I can mimic or mirror that. Um, if they lean forward in their seat and I lean forward in their seat, then it's helping. I don't mean do this so so unsubtly that it's obvious, but we can obviously do that. If they lean back, it may be that in a, a, a few seconds, 30 seconds or something, I might lean back in a relaxed pose. If they're very smiley, I might need to be smiley. Um, if they're very serious, I might need to be more serious than if I were very smiley and crack jokes. That would be inappropriate. I'd be miscommunicating. So if someone comes in here for coaching and they're very much slower than me and they're much more serious than me and they're very different to me, if I use my own style and I'm light-hearted, and I might crack a joke or something, then we are not going to build rapport. So if you were having a, a telephone interview, you might need to pick up those subtleties of their voice and the pitch and the, the tone. So if someone's interviewing you and they're quite fast-paced, and you're naturally not, you might want to consciously pick up your pace. Uh, if you're very quiet and they're quite loud and, and um, bullet pointy, you might want to try and mimic that a little bit. Consciously try and match their energies, their pace, everything. Um, so we can use these subtleties to try and improve that connection between people. So um, I remember when I was in sales, uh, one of the best calls I ever did was just soon after I went on a course along these lines that were teaching these similar things. I've I've learned these things in many different ways. When I was in sales, we learned aspects of it. When we were in training, we learned aspects of it. And certainly when I was training to be to do counselling skills and coaching skills and things like that, we learned this a lot. Um, but when I was in sales, we learned this to mimic people, the customer's pace, for example. And the next day I went into a very fast, she literally fast GP um, 
approach. She she rushed me up the corridor. I've only got two minutes. You'll have to be quick. Just give me top line. Da, 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 da. And I could tell. Loads of energy, last, uh, loads of urgency. So I literally mimicked that. I said, oh, okay, that's fair enough. Let me just give you a few bullet points then. I literally used my fingers. First point to remember is this. Second point, the crucial area that you need to know is that. And then she relaxed and actually I ended up spending 20 minutes with her. Um, so if we get into their energy and their, mimic them and build that rapport, you then can change it slightly. So equally, if I've got a client that's very low and very down and very flat because they're struggling and they're upset, I can tone it down and I can be patient and empathetic and slow and give them time. As they've got it out and as they're turning things around and seeing some hope and looking at strategies and techniques and things and their energy and their um, general well-being improves in front of me as we improve that and their well-being I can then lift it up and by the end can have lifted their energy to, to actually qu quite in contrast to how they started so once we've matched their energy, we can then pace it and then we can lead it and lead them out of it and lift them. So this can be um, useful really anywhere you go. Another way of doing it, so it's not just the voice, the volume. If you, can, if you hear a funny noise in the background, it's the puppy that's asleep and she makes all sorts of noises when she turns and rolls and changes her position. Um, so it's not just about the voice and the pace and the pitch and the energy um, and the jokiness or the lightheartedness or the seriousness and things like that. It's also about the words that they use. So different people process information in a different way. So some people are very visual seeing people. They'll use a lot of phrases. They'll visualize things. So they'll say that looks right to me, or I, I see what you mean, or it's all a blur at the moment, or I get the picture, or um, could you shed some light on that for me, or I, I can't see any other option, that sort of thing. It's all very visual words. So if I want to enhance my rapport with them, I would equally use lots of visual words. Can you see what I'm saying? Can you see my point? Um, I, can you see a way out of this? Uh, what options can you see for yourself, etc., cetera, etc.? Cetera. Um, if, however, I used different words, I'd be miscommunicating with them. So um, if I went in with feeling words where they say, it just doesn't look right to me, it's all a blur, or I'm just not seeing any solution here. And I said, how does that feel? They wouldn't, they wouldn't necessarily get that. If I said, what does success look like for you? Or what does your end goal look like? Or what is, you know, it's that sort of phrase, then they would get it and they, I would be communicating properly. Equally, if I had a client in front of me that, let's say, they were very tactile and kinesthetic or very feeling and they were saying, I feel upset about this or that touched me or it, it just felt wrong or um, I was feeling upset at the time or I can't get a grip on this or I'll be in touch, all those touching wor uh, feeling words, emotional words. And I said, well, what would it look like if you, if you were happier? 
they're not seeing happiness, they're feeling happiness. So I need to use the right words. There's also a group a group of our population are all, also very auditory. So they might use sounding words, hearing language, clear as a bell. That sounds good to me. We're on the same wavelength. I hear what you say. That sounds feasible. Listen to me. That sort of thing. So very feeling words. And then there are smaller group uh, that are very smelling or olfactory. That smells fishy. I smell a rat. Um, sweet as a rose. That's, uh, that smells uh, the scent of a rose. Um, that sort of thing. So if you hear somebody use particular language, we can use the same language, even if it's not naturally what you would use. If you use your natural preference and they use theirs, we're miscommunicating. So when I said to you right at the beginning, do you ever have an interaction where it just doesn't go right? You just come out thinking, for example, when I was in sales, there might be occasions where I came out that sales call. And although I'd done everything I was taught to do, I'd said everything we were meant to say, and I got the information across, it just didn't feel successful. It just didn't feel good. It felt, um, maybe you'd come out and think, I didn't feel right. Or maybe I'd, if I do a presentation or working with a client, maybe our new client, and they leave after the first session. And I think, well, just, it, just didn't feel to be a very successful meeting. Um, then it may be lack of rapport. Equally, after some coaching sessions or some sales calls or some interviews or whatever it is, interactions in a shop when you're returning an item, it can feel really good. And that's what it's about. So this is a skill, we can consciously work on it, but it definitely will help you feel better about your communication. It will help you improve your communication um, and it will help your connections with people. So any things that you can do like that, be aware. So as a key takeaway, um, if you want to improve how you interact with people or how you present your presentations or how you are in meetings, um, mimic their language. You Use the words and the phrases that they used even. If it's in a meeting and they've said um, particular words or I object to that or something, oh, that's interesting. Um, use the word object. What makes you want uh, object to that? What is it that you object to in particular? that sort of thing. So use their language um, because you're then speaking the same language as it were. Um, it will stop you jumping from con to conclusions. So when a client says to me, I just need some more fun in my life. I can't presume I know what they mean by fun. Oh, okay. What would fun be for you? So that I can understand them. Ah, you want some more bungee jumps. Okay. Where, where have you bungee jumped before? Have you done it before? Um, have you got any booked in the future? My idea of fun is not doing a bungee jump at all. As a lot of you know, I'm uh, not great with heights. It's not something I would volunteer for if I, I had the choice. I will be out in the woods running in the mud and the wind and the rain with my dogs, but they may hate that. That, that may not be their idea of fun. So we have to ask questions. We have to understand their map of the world. What is fun for them? What is upset or sad for them? What do they object to in particular? We've got to ask questions, open questions, understand where they're coming from, understand their map of the world, mimic 
them, their speech, their breathing, their body language. If they lean forward, we can lean forward. Um, if they lean back, you can watch this actually. It's a great thing to do is just sit. If you do find yourself in a coffee shop right now, that's a little bit tricky because we're still a bit social distancing. Um, but we're currently in August, so we are allowed in, in pubs a bit, or certainly pub gardens, things like that. Just watch if you can. If you're out near public, watch people interact. And you'll see couples that are in full rapport. You'll see them um, mirroring each other's body language, even though they probably don't even know they're doing it. So if one scratches their face, the other may... Um, very soon after scratch their face if one leans back in their chair the other may lean back in their chair if one leans forward one crosses their legs whatever it is you'll very quickly see if they're in really good rapport you'll very quickly see the other person do it and they don't even realize they're doing it um, as well you can use breaking rapport as well as um, you know if you're in a meeting and you want that meeting to go if a um, a salesperson's come round to your home and they've given you the pitch and they're trying to sell you the double glazing or whatever and now you've heard it all, you need time to make your decision and you need to get on with dinner and get the kids to bed, we can break rapport, even just by breaking eye contact for a second, beginning to break away, move away, uncrossing your legs, moving forward as if you're about to get up, those sorts of things. And you can do that in meetings as well. You can start to break that meeting up just by subtly changing your body language and your pitch. Maybe you speed it up your pace and your pitch, um, that sort of thing to bring it to a close. So again, we don't always know we're doing this, but you've probably done this in the past without consciously knowing you've done it. You can break up and give them kind of hidden signals that you're ready to finish this meeting now. You're ready to finish this phone call now or this Zoom meeting now <laughs> in this new world that we're in um, or end uh, this discussion. Um, just by subtly changing your body language and breaking the rapport. Um, and it doesn't have to be rude, it's just giving them signals and um, cues, really, I guess we call it. So um, I would say as a key takeaway, um, watch out for people's body language, watch other couples or groups, what do you notice? Watch for rapport behaviours first. Watch them in your office. If you are in an office and there are other people around, watch them between, you can equally see those people that don't get on and they're miscommunicating in your department or your team or wherever, because you'll see the bad body language. One person's been interrupted and they're being asked a question. They don't want to be interrupted. You can see from their body language. So look out for good rapport, look out for not such good rapport. Consider your own connections and communication with people. Establish people now or if there's somebody that you work with or interact with or a neighbour that you would like to improve that, that connection with. It's just, it's not good at the moment. You don't know why, you can't put your finger on it and it would be helpful if you could get on better with that neighbour or that colleague or... Um, I don't know if you're a teacher, then that, that student and vice versa. And it may well be just making a few tweaks, noticing their language, notice their, their internal systems and how they process information and their preferences for language and thinking structures. Um, 
whether they're fast and you're slow or they're slow and you're too fast, you're too bubbly. You you see this, don't you? You see very bubbly people really annoy certain people and vice versa. That's because of the rapport. They're not in each other's worlds. But we can be mindful of that and we can be flexible. I think some of the best managers you get are those that are flexible, that adapt their style according to who they're managing. They can be a certain way with one member of their team and very different to another because they know they need different management approach. Or a teacher, you see really good teachers adapt their style for different students because it's not a one size fits all. Um, parents, sometimes with kids, some kids need a certain approach and other children respond better to a different approach. Is finding out what they respond to. And again, that's rapport. Um, so we can use this in so many ways. You can use it in um, putting a nervous person at ease. So if, if you're a doctor and you've got a patient, you can use it for your patient or a nurse or something like that. Again, if you're an interviewer, you're interviewing people, you're in recruitment or you're a, a manager interviewing people, you can put them at ease um, by building rapport. Um, Equally, if you've got a very angry person, you can equally try and match, not their anger, but their energy, pace, and then lead. So you can begin to calm them down and go slower once they've finished jumping up and down. So it's your boss, your customer, a colleague, whoever. Um, so there are many applications for this. If you're taking something back in the shop or whatever, um, in a meeting, uh, you're persuading a group um, on an important matter, you can use this. Uh, getting someone to be more enthusiastic if you're trying to delegate to them or something or get their buy-in in a project. Um, getting someone to change their mental or emotional state, you can do this too. So it's got many, many applications. Use of rapport is not going to ever hinder you. It's going to only ever help you. Um, so watch other people, notice good rapport, notice bad rapport, see how they subtly do it and practice this as a skill set and something for you to do. Read around the subject, practice it, uh, research it and um, y y try it. Just try it out um, in all sorts of areas at work, at home, uh, in shops, um, ringing up to um, book something or talk to somebody. I had to ring up the supermarket today about um, uh, a couple of broken items. And, you know, it's it's interaction. It's just interaction, human interaction with anybody. And it went really well. In fact, actually, on Saturday, um, the week before last, my husband had walked the dogs on the Saturday whilst I'd done a road run and he came back and he said oh I got, I got um the gamekeeper had a bit of a go at me for being off the footpath this weekend we were the same um in the same wood and my husband said oh there's his truck he's in here anyway before we knew it the truck came along and uh, we got the dogs to the side and he pulled up and wound his window down uh, but before he spoke <laughs> before he spoke I literally disarmed the atmosphere any atmosphere uh, by just saying cheerily, oh, morning, how are you? Oh, yeah, I'm fine, thanks, how are you? Um, so he's much less likely to have a go at me because I'd started off friendly. So I, I, I 
paced that before he had a chance to immediately have a go. And actually, by the end of that quick interaction, I said, I've seen you in here before. Um, How are you? And it was very friendly very friendly, didn't need to be. So we can set the tone. We can decide beforehand with our communication. And he instantly, I established the rapport, friendliness. It was a weekend. How's it going? Isn't it warm today? Gosh, it's a hot one, isn't it? Friendly. So uh, we can use these sorts of things in so many scenarios. Um, and just be mindful of it, as is so often the case, isn't it? Um, awareness is half the battle. So if you know in advance you're going to ring up and it's a potentially difficult conversation or it's going to be a tricky meeting or it's going to be, a, you know, if you've got good rapport with your boss and you're going in to ask your boss for a raise, it's going to help you. <laughs> if you're going in to ask for promotion, if you're going into an interview to try and win that job, if you work on this and you're mindful of it, and then the next candidate and the next candidate can, comes uh, come in for their interviews and they haven't worked on it, then this may be the thing that gives you the edge because it felt a natural conversation. It felt good for all concerned. It felt a nice interaction. It may well be the deciding factor than if the next person that comes in just feels awkward. One of those scenarios where the interviewer just can't put their finger on it, but it just didn't flow well. It could be that they haven't got rapport. So if we, this is a skill definitely worth building on. Um, so I would say you've got nothing to lose by looking at it, nothing to lose by focusing on it and um, trying it and learning it and improving it. Um, so... Drop me an email, dawn at milestone-coaching.co.uk and let me know how you get on. Um, don't forget on the website, there's all sorts, www.milestone-coaching.co.uk. The big thing to remind you of is that we are in August and during the month of August, I've got a sale on. Uh, on the website of the online programs. There's a time management for busy people online program that you can purchase, download and own and do at your own pace, at your own time and repeat as many times as you like for the rest of your days. Um, so once you own it, it's yours to do with as you choose. Similarly, um, there's a seven module advanced stress management program um, also on offer. So they've both got... Um, uh, price slashes in the month of August. So if it is something that could be useful to you, this might be the month to make uh, the most of the price cuts. Um, there are workshops, ongoing workshops that I keep starting new programs, new dates. So there'll be more dates coming through if you're interested in life skills and confidence workshop um, and lots of other things, the blog, the newsletter and various other things on the website. Um, I think that's it for this week. Have a really good, confident, good, effective communicating week and see how it benefits you and see how much better your interactions feel for you. It's a win-win. You will benefit too. So have a good go and let me know how it goes. All the best and good luck.